0: Okay, take your Bibles and turn with me, if you would, to Judges chapter 15, Judges chapter 15, and I want to preach a message this morning entitled, A Jawbone Revival, A Jawbone Revival. I got that title from Brother Ramus. Uh, I came up with the sermon, but his titles are always the best titles. Um, So you can thank him for the title, and then we'll see what the message is. Judges chapter 15, it's Monday. Monday. Some of you look like it's Monday, all right? Some of you feel like it's Monday. It's Monday. And I I do believe that... um, We at times need to be stirred, we need to be renewed, we need to be refreshed, we need to be restarted, refocused, Uh, whatever word you want to attach to it, uh, we could call it revival and from this passage we're going to look at this morning, I want us to see that what we all could use is a jawbone revival. As I was a kid learning Bible stories, my mother would read me Bible stories, and there were certain stories that she would read to me over and over and over again, and I never got tired of hearing them. One of those stories was the story of Samson, and you know, it's captivating to a young boy especially, this this man of unbelievable strength and um you know we you know I used to watch that crazy cartoon that was full of witchcraft uh, he- man uh, but then I'd read the Bible story and i would I would hear about the 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 real the original he- man um and and I would get these thoughts in my mind of how I could pretend like I was one of these bible characters <clears throat> and right here on my wrist i have I have a reminder of the day I thought I was Samson. Now, some of you are thinking of David and Goliath. That's up here. That was in Israel. But this was down here. All right, me and Bible stories don't do well together. But um, some of you have seen that video. All right, that's terrible. But this is when I was a little kid, and I was in the the closet uh, pretending I was Samson, and there was a wall here and a wall here. And... A a light fixture with an exposed light bulb there. And so, as I was pushing and pushing and pretending I was Samson, still have it right there. The strongest man who ever lived recorded for us right here in Judges. He ruled as a judge at a time in Israel's history where every man did that which was right in his own eyes. But when the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, the things he, he would do would, would just be unbelievable, amazing. Uh, you think of the, the killing of a young lion with your bare hands. I believe the Bible. I believe I have no problems with miracles. I've seen miracles, and I, and I have no problem with the miracles in the Bible. None. To kill a lion with his bare hands. How about the gates of Gaza? The door, the posts, bar and all. Just put them on his shoulder. carried them up to the top of the hill. Delilah. You remember what she tried to do to Samson? Uh, I really hope and pray as I was driving and thinking about the message. I really hope and pray we don't have any future Delilahs in our midst today. But Delilah tied him up with new ropes while he was sleeping so that she could get the Philistines to come in and deliver him into their hands. And he popped those ropes off his arms just like they were thread strings. But in my opinion, as you read through the life of Samson, I believe his most incredible physical feat Was the day he killed 1,000 Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. And that's what I want to preach on. And I mean, I would love these stories. And I would tell my mom, please read it to me again. But then as I got older and started reading the Bible for myself, which you ought to be doing, I learned that, that Samson, although he was very strong physically, he was very weak spiritually. And the reason for his weakness was his unholy craving for wicked women. He pursued them without abandon until God had to abandon him. And most of what we read about Samson are his lies, his pride, his adultery, his fornication, his gambling. In fact, I never thought I could ever preach a message on Samson And highlight a good point in his life. Because his life just gives so much sermon material against sin. But looking at this passage, you see something good. Now, let me say up front, he did not live a consistent life of faith. But on a few occasions, he did trust God. So much so that hundreds of years after Samson's death, he's commended for his faith. It says in Hebrews 11.32, And what shall I more say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson. And at the end of verse 33, it says, Who stopped the mouths of lions. I'm not going to focus on the lions, but I do want to zero in on Samson's slaying The 1,000 Philistines with a donkey's jawbone. And I want us to see how it brought a personal revival, at least for a short time, in Samson's life. Look with me, chapter 15, verse number 9. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why are ye come up against us? And they said, To bind Samson are we come up to do to him as he hath done to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock Edom and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me, that ye will not fall upon me yourself. So to make a long story short, the Philistines come and say, we want Samson. And the men of Judah, his own countrymen, are ready to deliver him up. And Samson says, okay, just make sure, promise me that you won't kill me. Promise me that. They said, fine. Verse 13, and they spake unto him, saying, no, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand, but surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto Lahai, the Philistines shouted against him. And this kind of gives you goosebumps. When, When they shouted against him, the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire and his bands loosed. From off his hands, and he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth this hand, and took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. I want you to think about Samson after the slaying was over, and how tired he would be. Now think about that. All right, I, I, you know, you think of the college wrestling, and, and after fighting one guy. Uh, Some of you guys, (laughs) one guy. I want you to think how tired he would be after slaying, physically tired after slaying 1,000 men. Verse 16, and Samson said, with the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of an ass have I slain a 1,000 men. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking, that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place Ramoth-Lehi. And he was sore athirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? But God clave on hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Wherefore, he called the name thereof Enkakor, which is in Lehi unto this day. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years. Samson had an interesting revival here that, that I think lasted 20 years. A jawbone revival. Let's pray and ask God to give us something today. Lord. I pray that you take this message, the things that will be said today, and use it for your honor and glory. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the miracles contained in it. Lord, we thank you that we can come today and come to your well and be refreshed. I pray that you'd help us, give us understanding. Lord, help me as I preach. I want to be a help. I want to be a blessing. You know my heart. I pray that you'd use it to your honor and glory. And that some of these college students, Lord, could be encouraged. And these high school students, these academy students could be encouraged. Lord, I thank you for this chapel time and what it has meant to me over the years when I was in this place, in this school. Lord, thank you that you're continuing uh, your work in the hearts of those that are training for your service. And I ask that you just be with us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. A Jawbone Revival. After killing a thousand Philistines who capture him and want to kill him, Samson was sore athirst and almost died from a lack of water. But the Bible says he sought help from God. Now we're talking about a man who was not accustomed to seeking help from God, but here he did. And it's a good reminder that we need to go to God. We, we can't be practical atheists. And we have burdens. We have trials that we go through. We have sufferings. There are hardships. And I know you here in chapel, well, what you're going through now is nothing compared to what you're going to experience in the ministry. But at the same, And some of that's true. But at the same time, I'm not going to close my eyes to the fact that you have burdens and you have troubles and trials that you're going through right now go to God, just like Samson did here, and God answered his prayer, and he still answers prayer, and the Bible says, and when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived, excuse me, but I believe that this was Samson's finest hour in the Bible, I believe that this is the main reason He's in the Hebrews hall of faith, even though he was used to living his life by the flesh. Here he stopped. He knew that he couldn't do anything and he prayed. He cast himself upon the mercy of almighty God. You and I need the kind of refreshing that he had on this day, a jawbone revival. Let's look, first of all, at the person to be revived, the person to be revived. Notice in verse 18 it says, and he was sore athirst. Now that's obviously talking about Samson. He was sore athirst. But that's not just Samson. That's you and I at times. Sore athirst. We may smile. We may wear our shirt and tie. You ladies may wear your nice dresses. But there are times when we like Samson, let's be honest. Are sore athirst. Reminds me of a passage, keep something here in Judges because we'll refer back over and over again. But turn to Psalm 63. When I was in college, I memorized this chapter on my own because it was a blessing to me when I read it. And it's still a blessing to me today. But there's times when we're dry, and if we're going <clears throat> to have a jawbone revival, we've got to know when we're dry and we've got to we've got to know when we're thirsty and we've got to keep thirsting after the right things. Psalm 63 verse number 1. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land. And this is where Samson was. A dry and thirsty land where no water Is Samson was thirsty. Turn back to Judges. Why was Samson thirsty? Why was he thirsty? He was thirsty because of the tremendous effort in slaying a thousand men. Not only that, it was hot and dry. If you look at chapter 15, verse number one, but it came to pass within a while after in the time of the wheat harvest, that was a hot time, a dry time. It was hot and dry and he was working hard doing God's work and the combination of work and weather simply dried him out. He was dehydrated, so dehydrated that he thought he was going to die. Serious dehydration can kill you, okay? We need hydration, but there are good people in good places, who are spiritually dehydrated. Spiritually dehydrated. And Samson knew when he was dehydrated physically, and we better know when we're dehydrated spiritually. When we have dry devotions, when we have a dry witness, When we have a dry ministry, not that the ministry is dry, but our involvement in it is dry. When we have a dry attitude and a dry life, we better know, like Samson, that we're sore athirst. There are two reasons why a person needs revival, basically, I think. Two reasons. They both begin with W. One is weakness. And the other is wickedness. Now when we preach revival, we normally equate it with wickedness. Oh, we're, we're, we're wicked sin, and, 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 and you need revival, and, and there's room for that. Most people who need revival need it because of wickedness, sin. They're not weary because of effort in the work of God. Their greatest effort is trying to stay awake in church. They don't want to drop a sweat, a bead of sweat. In the service for the Lord, they complain when they're told to do something extra for the Lord. And they don't need revival because of weariness, but because of wickedness. That's one type of person that needs revival, but there's another type, a more noble type of Christian that needs revival. Their problem is not wickedness, their problem is weakness. They're not rusting out. They're wearing out, and they, like Samson, have exhausted themselves in the service of the Lord, and and now they're dry, not because of wickedness, but because of weariness. It's just like working all day. You work out in the sun all day, and your body's just craving some sustenance, some nutrition. Your body's craving it. When we work hard in the service of the Lord, and I know some of you work hard, You work hard in the service of the Lord. It's like a car that's been driven many miles. It needs to refuel. And the problem isn't that the car is is wicked. (laughs) The problem is that the car is depleted. It's depleted. A battery that's used many hours, I'm not going to look at a AA battery and say, what a wicked battery that is. It stopped on me. No, it's weary, it's depleted. So, God's people, after faithful service, need to be revived. And that's when it comes to getting in the Word of God today and taking a bath in God's Word and regular times of prayer and wanting the preaching. That's what characterizes a good, strong New Testament Christian. Hey, they enjoy the music, they like the fellowship, but they crave the preaching. God's Word. We need to crave the preaching, spiritual refreshment for our weary souls, and those of us that are actively serving to the point of exhaustion become the ones in need of revival. We are the person, we are the person, the one serving. It's not right to say, oh, we'd have revival if old so-and-so, that wicked Christian, get right with God. No, it starts with us. When We have slain our Philistines in this world. We need revival. But secondly, I want you to observe the prayer to be revived. The prayer. Look at verse number 18. And he was sore thirst. And called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. And now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. Samson knew he needed revival. He was about to die. What did he do about it? Man, he prayed. And when you are physically uh, in need of sustenance, you'll come to God. But when you're spiritually depleted and you know you're about to die. You're about to die. Now you're here in the flesh, and again, and, 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 and you, you, you can smile and put on the show, but in your heart, you know you're dry, and you say, hey, I'm about to die. Better do what Samson did. He went to God and prayed about it. And that's, what, that's how you get revival. You pray about it. I've got it on my prayer list. Lord, I need revival. I need to be filled with your Holy Spirit. I've got it right there. I don't need to be reminded that, hey, revival's not just going to float down upon me because I'm a Christian. I need to seek God's faith for it, and that's all over the Bible. And right here, Samson says, Lord, I'm thirsty. But in other places, we read, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, How about the psalmist when he said, "Wilt thou not revive us again? Prayer comes when God's people pray. And boy, Samson was in desperate need of water and he offered a desperate prayer for it. Martin Luther once said something to this effect. When he got up in the morning, I've got so much to do today, I must spend three hours in prayer. Now what was the point? (laughs) he needed God why are we the opposite I've got so much to do today I can only spend three minutes in prayer why are we the opposite are your prayers for revival desperate Samson showed something here that he doesn't normally show humility he normally wasn't a very humble guy in fact when he was just done with slant before he realized he was thirsty when he was done slaying the 1,000, remember, he took all the credit. Ha-ha, <laughs> heaps upon heaps. Look at all these guys. I have slain a 1,000 men. And then it was like, <laughs> he shut down. <laughs> but that's us. That's us. Look at who I got to come out to church. And we know in our heart we're ready to collapse spiritually. Samson took all the credit. Look at verse 16, chapter 15, verse 16. And Samson said, with the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jaw of an ass, have I slain a thousand men. Before he understood that he was about to die, the emphasis was on I. I've done all the work. I'm okay. I'm not the problem. But just a little bit later, it becomes a whole different story. Samson sees his need of water and he knows he's powerless. He knows he's helpless. That's who God revives. That's who he revives. The one that says, I, I'm gonna bind, God, spiritually. I and me can't do this. Only you can, God. We need we need humility. Humility. And, and can't you see? Samson just had a huge victory. And that's when the temptation to become prideful comes about. That's when we're tempted. Right after the victory, I slew a thousand men. That's why Paul said, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. God deals with me this way. He deals with his children this way. Even if you've done some great thing for God, he can quickly bring some humbling experience in your life to remind you that you're just a person. And and when you're way up here thinking you're something, (laughs) listen, Christian, when you're way up here thinking you're something, God has a way of reminding you you that you ain't nothing. He has a way to do it, but not only do we see the person being revived and the prayer for revival, but thirdly, we see the plan, the plan. And this is where you should listen: the plan for being revived. Look at chapter fifteen, verse number nineteen. But God clave an hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water there out. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. There was a miraculous provision. Of water. God provided that water. Samson could not provide it. It was God's provision. Man couldn't give it. God opened up a well. And where no water was. God made water. He made a well. You say how can I have revival? Pastor Lewis. How can I have revival? Get to the well. Get to the well. God has opened the well. We just need to get to the well. And when we get to the well, we can drink up. One day years ago, there was a teenager that left home for college, and his mother was worried about him. So she took his Bible and wrote a Bible verse in the fly leaf to remind him of his relationship with God, which he didn't have at this point. The young man soon discovered, he forgot about the Bible his mother gave him, and he discovered that college was a party place. You didn't know that, did you? (laughs) That college was a party place, and he spent all his money on pleasures. One time he needed money for whiskey, and he pawned the Bible that his mother gave him for whiskey. True story. He eventually made it through college and became a doctor in a large hospital. One day, Dr. McKay treated a dying patient who was in the hospital bed saying, bring me my book! Bring me my book! After the man passed away, Dr. McKay noticed the man's belongings, and he saw the book, and when he saw it, he could not believe his eyes. He opened it just to see if it was really that book, and right in the flyleaf was the verse that his mother had written years before. He took that book to his office and read and read and read and read of jesus christ and as a doctor listen to the humility a doctor got down on his knees asked jesus christ to become his savior he became a preacher and he wrote that famous gospel hymn revive us again how did he get revival the well. How are you going to have revival as you try to train to serve God? And as you're in school, how are you going to get revival? There's only one way. The well. He can give strength where no strength is. You see, he doesn't need luck. And he doesn't need favorable circumstances either. He creates hope where no hope is. And we look around and we say, I don't see anything that God can use to help me in this situation. And so we assume God is on vacation. If we need money, and if we look around and we don't see anybody that can give us money, we assume that God's broke. If we need a job, and we look around and we don't see anybody that can help pull strings to get us that perfect job, we assume that God can't give us a job. That's wrong. We have health needs. Health needs. The group this side size somebody's got health needs we have health needs and the doctor runs out of remedies and we assume that God has run out of remedies we limit the almighty he can provide water in a dry land he can revive your heart no matter how dry it seems after church last night somebody approached me and basically said I'm dry I'm dry what should i do and it's not magic students it's not magic the answer's the same as it was for samson get to the well now when god provided the water what did samson have to do what do you have to do he had to drink it god did not set up an iv And infuse the water inside of Samson by some miracle. He had to drink it. And when God is ready to move on your scene, there are some things you have to do. You've got to drink the water. He he wants you to do something. Let's be careful lest we get into a welfare mentality ourselves. Expecting God to just make everything happen. And for us to not have to step out in faith at all. God doesn't spoil his children. He'll provide the water, but you have to drink it. He'll provide the Bible, but you have to read it. He'll provide the preaching. The well will always be there. He'll provide the preaching, but you've got to want it. You've got to crave it. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Keep replacing Judges. Ephesians 5. Water is is symbolic in the bible as 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 being the word the word the bible is the water now what do you wash with hopefully water <laughs> i was on a mission trip one time and uh One of one of the um, missionaries was telling me how they were trying to uh, teach some of the nationals what it means to take a bath. And excuse me if I told this story before, but it it makes me laugh every time I think of it. Um, He said he told the, 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 the national how to how to how to take a bath and he came back and he still stunk. And he said, didn't you do what I told you to do? Yeah, I did everything I used. Did you use the soap? Yes, I used the soap. Did you rinse the soap off? (laughs) Hopefully you use water. And a dirty Christian gets clean by the water of the word. Ephesians 5.26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Samson needed physical revival and God provided the water. You and I need spiritual revival, and God has provided the water. Are you drinking from the well? Are you drinking from the well? Are you drinking thoroughly from the well? This person last night that approached me said, I have to be honest, I'm I'm, I'm reading my Bible a little bit. I'm not praying much. What can I do to have revival? Okay? You got to come to the well. My mother used to, every once in a while, I don't know why, those old, the southern mindset, I don't know what was going on. But they, my mother used to, she got this from Mississippi, used to give me a big teaspoon of castor oil. Have you ever tasted that stuff? That stuff, have you ever tasted that before? That stuff is nasty. But some of, some of these ladies are convinced that it will keep you healthy. And every once in a while, like if I coughed, (coughs) out came the castor oil. Here's a big spoonful. Yuck! That's how some of us treat the Bible. Give me as little bit of it as possible. Because I really don't want it. Why is it that Christians start to treat the Bible like bad-tasting medicine? Come on, Christian. Now, how do you think Samson drank? He had just slain a thousand men. Use your imagination a little bit. How do you think he drank when that water started gushing from the well? Do you think he drank like this? (laughs) Is that how you think he drank? thousand men. That is so good. No, no, no. No, no, no. I picture... ah! So when we come to the well, and we've read three verses, and we think, why don't I have revival? We need to get to the well. Psalm 119, 107 says, I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. Big gulps of the word, earnest study, meditation so that we can be revived. Why is it that Christians don't want to get to the well? I think I know the answer because the well (laughs) shows us a reflection. Water does that. And that well, when we look into that well, we see what? Us. (laughs) And we say, I don't want to see me. I don't want to see me. The story is told of a native in a foreign country who had never seen a mirror before. Think about that. The missionaries brought a mirror over. The native girl had never seen what she looked like. And they took the mirror and they nailed it to a tree. And not liking the image in front of her, she took the mirror off the tree and slammed it to the ground. She didn't like what the mirror said, so she got rid of the mirror. She got rid of the mirror. Sometimes we don't like what this Bible says when we open it. So what's our remedy? We get rid of the mirror. We get rid of the mirror. But When we come to the mirror of God's word and see ourselves, it ought to make us want to be changed. And then fourth, I want you to see the product of being revived. The product of being revived. Verse number 20. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years. This was after the revival. After Samson was revived, what did he do? He served God. That's the way it's supposed to be in our life. When we've gotten the revival, it's not so that we can sit under a tree and sip lemonade. Samson, as soon as he got this revival, and I do believe it was as much spiritual as it was physical. You say, why? Because he prayed for it, and God answered his prayer. But after the revival, he got busy. Judging and serving God's people. If you are saved, God saved you to serve Him. Serve Him. A preacher was approached by a man who got saved and wanted to join the church. And the man said, Pastor, I want to join the church, but I have a very busy schedule. Very busy schedule. I can't be called upon for service, Uh, I can't sing in the choir. I can't help do any cleaning, no special projects. I can't even help set up chairs or anything like that. I'm afraid I'll never be able to go out soul winning with you or on visitation, but I want to join your church. The pastor thought for a minute and said, I believe you're at the wrong church. The church you're looking for is three blocks down the street on the right. The man followed the preacher's directions and came to an abandoned, boarded up church building. Is that what you want to happen to your church? We better serve. We better serve. And if we're not going to serve, then go to the church down the street. Samson gained his freedom, but he didn't stand around and, and do nothing. The day that you were freed from your sin, God said, go serve. Yes, we get weary. Get to the well. And when that revival comes... Get busy serving God again. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, it did me good to preach it. And I pray that you would just help us all to recognize the signs of dryness and have thirst after you and to get to the well so that we can continue serving you. Help us in this, I pray in Jesus' name.